Hello and welcome to another podcast episode from Companies House. We have recently launched our new five-year strategy and one of our strategic goals is all about how our registers inspire trust and confidence and the use of our data. Data is one of the backbones of Companies House and today I'm here with Ross Maud, Director of Digital at Companies House. And today, Ross is going to give us a bit of an insight into his work and how that work runs through who we are and what we do. So, hi, Ross. How are you? Uh, good, thanks, Megan. Yes, very well. Honest, um, slightly wet day, but good. Yeah, starting to feel a little bit festive. I am. Uh, Christmas trees up, uh, lights are up. Um, yes, I'm starting to get there. Almost there. Almost at the Christmas period. So, uh, looking forward to a chance of a bit of a break. Excellent. Not long to go now. Yeah. How about you? Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a quiet one this year, so not too much to get ready, luckily. Yes, relying on the, on on delivery for most of the presents, but yes. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'm going to kick off with my first question. So being the director of digital, uh, what does that mean, to, first of all, to you and to us as an organisation? So the strategic question about data and, and having trusted and, and valued data that drives, inspires trust and confidence. Um, I think it's really important, um, perhaps because I'm a, I'm a uh, slightly sort of digital person. I think data is you know, it's super important, how we treat it, how we manage it, how we look after it. Um, but that's a slightly internal view. I think what's more important actually is, is, is what the register is and, and how it, why it exists. Um, and it's always been there, so that you know, if people are, are dealing with a with a legal entity, they can they can look up the individuals and the and the history of the entity, and they can make investment choices based on, you know, who who, who forms the leadership of that organisation and, and and what their, their the history of their account filings look like, for example. So it allows people to understand, you know, what's inside the legal entity they're working with, what you know, what, what it's made up of, um, and that's really really important. Um, and actually, you know. Right now, the second uh, we had some some figures last year from some of the credit reference uh, agencies, they said there's something like 1.7 trillion pounds are invested in UK business every year, and the credit reference uh, agencies use our data as one of the foundational elements to to make those decisions. And so I suppose that data, if, if our data is being used to inform that level of investment, then um, you know it, it's so important that, that we have it right and we have it available and we have it in the right format um, that people can access as easily as possible to make those decisions. Yeah, so you touched on the credit reference agencies. Um, obviously, our register and the data is trusted by a variety of users. Um, can you give me a bit more of an insight into some of the other groups that might use our register? So I think it's an interesting one. So, so the data is used by a huge range of, of, of different stakeholders, if I can use that phrase. So obviously other companies look at each other in, you know, in the first instance. Um, uh, individuals look, I mean, interestingly, one of the kind of highest hit rates is when, is when a, a football club has a change of directorship, you know, that, that drives huge, huge um, traffic towards our register. People to have a look at who it is and what's going on. Um, but, it, you know, but there's more than that. So obviously investors, you know, investing groups would look at would look at the data to make investment decisions. I kind of touched that before. It's used by researchers from all different areas to understand what's happening in the economy. 
Um, it might be used by uh, people like Transparency International, who could be looking at you know particular trends in the data for 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 activities. Um, it's also used by uh, law enforcement agencies and actually you know really big users of our data are other government agencies. So really broad spreads of um, individuals, organisations, and, and the different stakeholders. And I've probably missed off loads of other people who fall into different camps. And it, it's just such a widely accessed data set. I think it's uh, last 12 months, it was something like 9.7 billion searches uh, across our register, um, the digital register, which is vast. So really, really powerful, uh, you know, uh, of great value, the data that we hold. Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's funny, other than, you know, people just having a nose, that's, you know, a lot of what our searches are, but there are, uh, you know, really important reasons that people use our data and need to go and look. So there are like business decisions, but is there anything else that springs to your mind that people could be using our data for? That, that's a really good question. So, of course, you know, there's understanding what's, you know, uh, what's happening with inside companies to make investment choices. But there's also understanding, um, you know, what activities organizations do. So you can you can see things by um, by sector, by industry, by geography. Um, you can see how many individuals are uh, you know, responsible for different organizations. Um, so there's a whole you know, there's a whole range of uh, of activities that go on, um, including, as I mentioned, things like Transparency International and or law enforcement and or government. And obviously, you know, you, we, we can see lots of information about the activities of organisations, the, the you know, appointments, removals and filings of, of account data. And all this information can be, you know, can be pulled together and used to, to support um, understanding activity uh, by these organisations. And that can be really useful for folks like law enforcement, those agencies, uh, uh, people with a remit like Transparency International, journalists who are trying to get, you know, uh, a more data-rich picture of, of particular activities that, that, that you know, that, that, that meet their needs. Yeah, it's almost impossible to know the actual length of what our data is used for, but that definitely gives a really good insight. Well, I should add something, yeah, something in there. So I think it's interesting if you think about the data on its own. There's a big data set you can look at and search. But I think um, obviously, you know, what what credit reference agencies do is take that data and they they add other data sets and they they link them up. And yeah, I think that's you know when you start doing that, then the possibilities become you know countless in terms of what sort of questions you might be asking or looking for corroboration of of activity. Yeah, like it's almost like we're part of a really big jigsaw for some people, a really important jigsaw. Um, so my next question is, over the next five years, um, I know that we're going to be making changes to the data on our registers. And can you tell me a little bit about what those changes will be and why we're making them? Um, Yes, as, as, you know, in kind of broad brushstrokes, I think the main thing is the is the quality of our data. So, um, you know, how do we how do we check the data that's coming in uh, against other data sets? So, you know, simple you know simple answers could be things like an address. So, you know, there are there are lists of UK addresses, for example. So, can we can we make sure that all of the address data that we hold links to like a national data set, which means that we know all our addresses are correct or a percentage aren't. Um, how do we make sure it's more reliable? So again, a lot of this is about um, about cross cross checking with other with other information sources, um, making sure that we have 
uh, you know, the right checks, the right automation, all the things that we can do to make sure that the information we've got is is timely. Um, it's you know it, it's been checked. Uh, it has uh, has good quality to it overall. Um, that's going to be quite a big change, I think. Um, I think obviously the, the higher quality data that we're, we're taking in and we're then presenting out having, having uh, done the things we need to do with it, um, that means that the answers people get to their questions come from more reliable data and I think that's really important so that this, this, this constant level of quality, this reliability of the data that we're offering um, to others to, to make decisions, I think that's going to be really, really important. And as the quality gets better and better, it means those those activities which we want to stop, quite frankly, you know, fraudulent activities or other economic crimes uh, that, that that can that can misuse um, legal entities. I think as our as our data gets clearer and clearer, then it will be much easier to spot those sorts of activities for for those who you know whose job it is to do that. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's really good, and it really gives an insight to you know when you've got such data out on such a public register it does need um streamlining in a way but it needs to be you know we need to be able to make sure it's of, of highest quality as possible like that, that's one end of it so you know we need to be able to check and do some more confirmation and, and check against other other information uh, sets to make sure that what we're holding is is, is a um you know a, a, a well-referenced set of data I'm being a bit boring and techie now, but that's really important because then you know it's good quality. You can compare it to something else, yeah. um, and that's really important. And that then allows much better decisions to be made on, on the back of it. Um, and then I suppose the question is, how do we how do we um, make it available? You know, I, I, I don't have concrete answers, but how do we make sure it's available at scale in ways that people can can intuitively understand the information? That's going to be really important too. So. It's all there. You can get access to it now, and you can download a really vast set of numbers and, and, and letters. But perhaps, you know, one of the things you might consider, and I don't know if we, you know, if we will end up doing it, is how do we kind of present um, uh, more intuitive versions of the data so that people can do, like, you know, their own kind of uh, investigations without needing to be uh, kind of having a whole set of data science skills behind them. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Um, and my last question um, is kind of away from data or data may be in your answer, but what have you learnt about yourself this year uh, in a personal or professional capacity or maybe both? Um, it's a really good question. So I think, well, I'll, I'll probably try and do both. So I think there's um, there's a real difference, you know, working working in a distributed way, I use that phrase specifically, I've stolen it from Matt Mullenweg from Automatic, you know, remote working makes the other people who aren't in the office sound like they're less important and it's not as good. Um, so, you know, we've had, to, we've had to really work hard to make our organisation continue to be so high performing, you know, without all being around each other. And I think, um, I always thought of myself as being quite content to kind of get on and do stuff, but actually, I, I, I suppose the honest answer is I desperately miss my colleagues. I desperately miss being able to hang out and have a chit chat. And, and no matter how much you kind of make space for that informal contact, um, you've got to still plan it into your day now. Or are you available for an informal catch? You know, disc it, you know, it, it's hard. It's, and I and I do really miss the spontaneity of meeting with colleagues and sparking ideas and um, and and. Uh, the wonderful energy that comes from those sort of interactions and I, I you know, uh, whilst I'm content to stay safe and work home and everyone else to stay safe, um, 
I would be lying if I said I wouldn't, you know, I'm not looking forward to the chance to kind of meet with my fabulous colleague again and, and, and have those energetic conversations. I think that's that's what I really miss. Um, I suppose in a personal capacity, um, I suppose it's, it's, it's how to break up the day. Uh, I think we've probably all been through a journey like that. You know, it's so easy to kind of slide out of bed into work, slide out of work when it's really late. Um, and so what I've learned is that, you know, uh, walking is really beneficial. So that's the main thing that I've done. I've been, I've been doing, I'm walking about six, seven miles a day. So um, I kind of, I, I walk before work to kind of mark the end. I, I kind of commute to work by, by doing like a two mile walk. I try and get away from my desk at lunchtime and I, and then I, I, I commute from work back to my home by doing another, another set of walking. So to try and make sure that I can get out and get some fresh air. That's probably been my, my personal thing. And you've got a new dog to do that with. That certainly helps because perhaps on days like today, specifically when it's 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 pouring with well sunshine today and um, and it's, it's a bit windy too, I probably wouldn't want to go for a walk, but I don't really have much choice. So that's no. been really helpful. And as you say that, I get a Met Office yellow weather warning for rain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was certainly wet this morning. Yeah, it's wet and dark, so it's not the most appetizing. But do you know what? Having done it, just feel brilliant getting outside and then kind of getting the right frame of mind for the day. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. If you haven't already, then please have a look back on our podcast channel where I discuss some of our other goals with team members. And also keep an eye out for next month's podcast discussing our next goal. And thank you, Ross. You've been a brilliant guest. Take well, care. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks for asking the great questions.